The following is a Klabe's online production. Lunch with Klabe's and Joe on Klabe'sOnline.com. And welcome on in. It's Monday, July 13th. Joe Roderick here with you from the showroom at Munganass St. Louis Acura. It is Lunch with Klabe's and Joe, powered by Ameren, Illinois, and driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And joining me now is Mike Klabe. Klabe's, where are you at? Well, believe it or not, I am at Munganass Automotive in Alton, Illinois. Uh, we decided <laughs> we were going to cover. Uh, we were going to be all over Munganass today, so I'm at the Toyota store over in Alton. And what a massive store it is! I mean, you can spot this thing from basically the riverfront. It's so large, and uh, they have a bunch of cars out there. I saw my good buddy Jamie Burkhardt, and he's got a great staff over there. So. I'm on the Illinois side. You're on the Missouri side, so we got Munganass covered today. Yeah, we did. We uh, we each crossed uh, crossed rivers to get there. You're at 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. I'm at 13720 uh, Manchester over uh, over this way. The uh, the folks out here, hey, they have the uh, they are the number one in the uh, Chicago zone from January to June. They have the Honda luxury line out here. There's one car over there I need to check out. There's one. The far one uh, over there, I need I to know check which out. One but you're talking about, I know what? which one you're talking about. Is it two seater? I no, it looks like a four seater. Miles an hour? No, that's I, I know which one you're looking at. The red one is that the one you're talking about? The two seater? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a two seater over there. The one I need to the point out that I want pointed out to me is the far one, the far white one over there. I need to know what kind of car that is, and I see a salesman looking at it right now, and he's going to walk over here and he's going to tell me. What kind of car that is? What kind of car is that? The TLX A spec. TLS A. TLX A spec. A spec. The TLX A spec. Uh, Klabes is the uh, the car over there. You've bought two cars from this location. Is that correct? Oh yeah. No, it's a great location. Uh, they've got everything you want. I, I think from a service standpoint, you know, when you make an investment in a car, you have to make sure that you have a great staff that's going to support you, your car, your purchase, or your lease. Uh, and that's the one thing Munganass has always been able to do. Sales staff doesn't change a great deal, so there are going to be people you're going to recognize there. And they know the product. And, you know, Joe, today, with the way these cars are manufactured, if you don't know the product, then you, you won't be in the business long. And I think because Munganass has kept their team together for so many years, they're all on the same page. And uh, I'm sure by the end of the day, before you get out of there, they'll have the paperwork all drawn up for you so you can drive off in that brand new car. I can't wait to see it. The one I have right now, I got uh, back in March. Different story. March of 2019 from uh, Alton Toyota. So I'm good. They uh, they they got me 14, 15 months ago. But I, I told Jamie he knows. Jamie knows what I'm looking for. He knows what I'm looking for. And when uh, when it comes out, I, I expect an email or a text from him with that. Another thing, too, Claves, I, I have I have gifts for you here at uh, at Munganass uh, St. Louis Acura. They uh, they gave some golf balls and some golf stuff. You're the golfer. I'm not. Well, so I can, I'm gonna, I can uh, use both. I can use yeah. both. Uh, our good buddy Bernie Miklas. I don't know if I'm supposed to mention his name because he's on hiatus right now. But, Bernie, don't worry. I got a ribeye all set up for you, nice and thick. Perfect. Glad you're tuning in today. Now, you got to uh, – your camera went off there for a second, Clips. I don't know what you got to do to uh, turn it back on. But let's get into uh, everything that we wanted to talk about right. today. In the uh, So, 
here we are. We we've seen last week when we were talking, it was about Cardinal practices, how they got camp underway. We'll get to the Cardinals in just a second, but the Blues got their camp back underway today. You were down there at the uh, at the practice arena. Tell tell me what you saw down there. Well, you know, it was kind of a casual drills. I mean, they went through some drills, more just getting on the ice and getting loose. Uh, it was a brief, quick practice, maybe an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Uh, you know, one thing about hockey, they don't stay on the ice that long. And I just think today was just kind of a feel-out process. And they had two different sessions going. You know, not, I don't know when they'll have a, a full team skate because of all the regulations about how many people can be on the ice and in various various phases that the NHL has prescribed. So I'm not sure when that's going to take place, but they had two practices today for two different groups. And again, they were not ones that were out there for too long, but they were just working on shooting and just kind of a casual thing. Goalies just getting a feel for the puck again. Not to say, Joe, they haven't already been doing this, but more in an organized manner is what I would say they're doing now. We, uh, we've seen that the Cardinals are currently missing four players from their practices, three of them due to positive tests to COVID-19. And then you have uh, Gallegos that is, as far as we know, is still in Mexico. They haven't told us why. Were any Blues players missing? Uh, was, and were the, was there a reason given? No. Well, you know what? Because the, the practices were staggered, one was at uh, 10 and the other one was a little after 12. So, you know, to get a full head count, I couldn't give you that uh, because I didn't know who was scheduled to be on in the second session. So uh, not a lot of information being given out, but I know uh, Craig Berube was going to do a Zoom cast with the media along with Alex Petrangelo, and I'm sure that'll be up on our site here fairly soon where you can take a listen to the whole thing. Very nice. So they, uh, yeah. So it's the end of the month uh, when they get uh, when they'll get underway. The NBC they released a schedule for how they are going to do the uh, the hockey games, and it, it's going to be think Thursday Friday of March Madness is what you're going to get with hockey on NBC, the NBC Sports Network, as they are starting first thing in the morning, and they are going all day long with games. So you will get games all day to just kind of set in and and enjoy some hockey. Once the playoffs, with the, once the restart gets underway, and the, the, while some teams will be doing the playoffs, the Blues will be in their round robin playing the other uh, top seeded teams in the West. You know, and I think you're going to see that in baseball too, because you've got three different time zones that you'll have to deal with: Eastern, Central, and West West Coast time. And I think you may see something similar to that with baseball, where they've got more games to choose from, obviously, but. I think overall, you're going to see marathons that are going to take place where you will be filled to the gills from sunrise to sunset. And I think we're all ready to embrace something like that. And I can't wait for it to happen. The uh, the Cardinals have had their uh, their first few practices. They've started playing some games, too, some inter-squad games. And the, the most interesting part to me about that is kind of the uniforms that they're going with. They they wore the powdered blues the uh, at home the other day. So, it's yeah, sad. it was it it was fun to see them them out in those. And we're going to get to actually see them live streaming tomorrow on Tuesday with Danny Mac on the call. So I, I know a lot of Cardinal fans are going to be happy to get to hear Danny Mac's voice on the uh, on the call of a uh, of some sort of Cardinal broadcast. Nobody's happier about Danny Mac doing the game tomorrow than Danny Mac. I can assure you of that. I know he's been chomping at the bit. Uh, Danny and I talk <clears throat> a few times a week. 
and I know he's anxious to do something, and I'm looking forward to him getting started tomorrow. Uh, KMOX, we're going to have a game for you next week against Kansas City. It starts at 3.05, and you can hear it. And uh, we'll be doing some other stuff leading up to that. So Cardinal baseball and blues hockey are just around the corner, and we'll have enough to satisfy just about everybody. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll probably get into it more next week as far as the coverage plans go for how you will be handling your job on the radio broadcast and how that's going to work. We'll probably dive into that as I, I imagine it's probably a fluid situation right now with a lot of uh, constantly changing ideas. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of ideas thrown on the wall uh, with regard to the best way to cover it. I, I think home games won't be a big problem. I mean, we're going to be there. The only difference will be there won't be any fans at the ballpark. The bigger challenge would probably be when we start to do games off of monitor on the road. Uh, but you know what? Mike and John and Ricky are all professionals in how they're going to handle this. So uh, we'll be fine. I mean, it's going to be different. Don't get me wrong. But, Joe, I think as we're learning firsthand, there's a lot of things that are different now. So we'll uh, we'll figure it out. We'll do the best we can with what we have to work with. Yeah, the and we, we talk. You guys will be stuck at home for all of these games. Where we, the, I'd say one of the more interesting stories that we've seen this past week has to do with the umpire Joe West, who came out last week and kind of started to make mention that he wasn't afraid of the uh, of COVID-19. He wasn't afraid of the virus. It wasn't going to stop him from umpiring any games. He was going to keep doing what he what he does. And now he this year was going to be a milestone season for Joe West. You've talked to him. You've had conversations with Joe West. We know him as fans. What do you know? How do you know Joe West as far as the relationship that you have uh, you, you've had covering Cardinal games all these years? Well, you know, I've known Joe for a long time, and I consider him a good friend. Uh, I don't know if there's any umpire that knows the rules better than him. Uh, And I know that some people feel like he's got a gruff personality, but I've seen Joe West do things for people um, that he didn't have to do it for, especially kids and charities, uh, very conscious-driven when it comes to those sort of things. And, And, again, he may have his moments with players and managers, uh, and I know they always get that shot of him on the field looking like a sour puss or whatever. But Joe, Joe West is, is a good guy. He's a funny guy. I mean, he's got a line for everything. And uh, he's just a guy with, a, with an opinion. And, and I think that Joe West, he took on some jobs and none of these umpires wanted when it came to having a, a players association or a umpires association union. And Joe took it on when it wasn't a popular item. And it's helped grow that union to the point where they've got some pretty good benefits working for him now. And he's had a lot to do with that. I I saw, you know, the comments that he made, how are those yeah. going to go over in a, in a clubhouse with teams, front offices? How, how are those going to be perceived? Well, that, that's a good question. Um, again, Joe is speaking on behalf of Joe, not the umpire association. And I think that we see people who will have some interesting opinions on why COVID is what it is. Uh, I had someone tell me today, they think that the reasons why uh, COVID is so off the chain in Arizona and California and Texas is because it's on the Mexican border. You do the math on that, okay? I mean, I thought we built a wall to prevent that uh, according to how things work today. 
So I, I, everybody's got a different opinion on why we have what we have and where we're going from here. Uh, and I've tried to respect people's opinions. I may not agree with it, but you know what? They're entitled to it. So I, I think for Joe, it was a situation where it was something he felt. I don't think it was anything that was prescribed by Major League Baseball, let alone the Umpires Association. This is just his opinion. And we've seen opinions get people in trouble before. One thing about Joe West, um, I think when you look at him, it's never unfiltered. I mean, it's never filtered. It's always unfiltered. He is who he is. And, you know, he's got some firm beliefs about things. By the way, did you know that Joe West, if I'm not mistaken, is the all-time leading passer at Elon, the same place John Brebbia played ball? Quarterback. Like, really? Yeah. I'm told Joe West was a pretty good athlete back in the day. I wasn't there. I've had two people tell me Joe West was a better athlete than he looks. I mean, I know he's, I know he is a country artist. I knew that about him. I never, he has, he had a couple of albums out and, uh, uh, he's a country West. You know, his, his nickname used to be the singing cowboy, the country, country Joe West was his nickname. But speak so I you guys have had him on live at Shannon's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the plans for that? Uh for that show this year? Are there any has there uh, been any talk about that? Still still up for, still up for debate, but I would think that we'll probably not do it. Uh because you know, most of our guests we've relied on were people at the ballpark that mm-hmm. would stop by and sit in, they'd be in town for a game or whatever. Uh, there's still some discussion maybe about doing a show with Cardinal alums of yesteryear. We may still do that, but that's still up for debate. But to have the show from the ballpark as we knew it probably won't happen this year. You uh, you mentioned the Cardinal alums. You can hear a lot of stories about those Cardinal alums each and every day on this day in Cardinal history on Claves Online. We've been putting one up every single day since March 26th which was supposed to be the uh, the season opener, the 2020 <laughs> season opener. And we have been putting one out each and every day since then. Uh, yesterday's was a uh, was a really good one. And I've noticed that the when you look at the numbers for some of these, it was I, I, I'll have to ask and see what the numbers are like, because not only was it a Stan Musial highlight, it was an audio highlight of Stan Musial, his walk-off home run from the 1955 All-Star game for uh, for that year. So that was a uh, that that was a pretty cool one to go back and listen to the call of that. Which uh, tomorrow, July 14th, was supposed to be this year's All-Star game in Los Angeles. So one of the things that we are uh, we are going to be missing out on this year. Tonight should have been the home run derby in L.A. Well, I'm sorry I'm missing that one. You know what? So I'm never a big fan of that. So last year was the first all-star game that I went to. And a year ago I was on crutches because I was a few weeks removed from the, uh, from my ACL surgery. And I was there with uh, your, your KMOX coworker, Ben Boyd. And I told him, I said, let's go out in the outfield. Let's go walk around and let's see what these balls look like flying out of here. So in Cleveland, right in front of the the bullpens are side by side in Cleveland. We went out into that area because there's a seating area there. We were the only two there without gloves. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a, yeah. And I was also, 
I was also on crutches as we're trying to stand in this area as Josh Bell and Pete Alonzo are hitting line drives right at us. And it wasn't the smartest decision that we ever made. <laughs> let me, let me but, tell you a great all-star story. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish, please. No, I was just, one of the things I learned, which I don't know if people know this about the, uh, the home run derby, and I don't know how long they've been doing this, so Josh Bell hit one in our area and we were talking to the guy that caught it and we just asked him, we just wanted to see the ball and we look at the ball and it has Josh Bell's autograph on it. And we came to find out that the players will autograph buckets of baseballs before they go out there and hit them. So whoever's home run ball you catch, you also have an autograph of that player. So I thought that was pretty cool and added bonus to catching a, a ball during the home run derby. Well, you know, now for a player who goes to the All-Star game, he's got a better chance of getting writer's cramp than any other injury because you sign forever. Between the balls and the jerseys and the memorabilia that baseball wants to have, it is a, it's a true autograph fest. So let me tell you the story. All-Star game, this was like in the early 70s, I believe. So Pete Rose was playing, you know, like in the old days, they would take a group of major leaguers to Japan and they'd play against the Japanese All-Stars. So one year Pete Rose went and he noticed that the balls that they were using over there had a lot of life to them, a little smaller, a little tighter wound, and they traveled, okay? So Rose kind of makes note of this and has the equipment guy buy 10 dozen balls, all right? So he just says, just wait until the All-Star game. So they get back to the States. Here we go. All-Star game, I believe, was in San Diego. It was a big ballpark. I do remember that. So when the National League comes out for batting practice, Pete Rose makes sure that the batting practice pitcher used these balls he brought back from Japan. So now we got true home run derby. The National Leaguers are hitting rockets in the fourth deck of this ballpark. And the American League players come out and they cannot believe how far some of these guys are hitting balls and so i mean nobody's seen balls hit this far ever so now the american league is like wow that's pretty good display so then they come out and all their balls are going in the second deck maybe third deck nothing like what they saw earlier the problem was the pitchers saw how the national league were hitting balls and they never had a chance in that game national league ended up winning the all-star game but Pete Rose helped win that all-star game just in batting practice alone. <laughs> the uh, I believe tomorrow's uh, This Day in Cardinal History will touch on the, the all-star game that was here back in 2009. So. Oh, okay. 90, no, okay. the 2009 90, one. 2000, okay. I don't know the date of the uh, the 66 one. I'm not sure what date that was. I don't think that was, that was coming up on our list, uh, but we do have audio. Later in the, uh, we have audio of a few different uh, Bob Gibson highlights up the coming up this week too. One, uh, one really good one, and one that I imagine that uh, scared a lot of people when it happened back in uh, back in nineteen sixty-seven. I won't yeah. spoil it. It was an interesting time, and you know what? Uh, I remember when it happened, and he tried to continue to pitch, and Nelson Bryles got a chance to be a starter and he was dynamic down the stretch that year i believe it was 1967 so uh looking forward to hearing that one 
The uh, the the other day we saw the uh, Masahiro Tanaka. He took a line drive off of his uh, off of his head during Yankees practice, and there were Yankees players that were upset that the video was posted online of uh, of that. So you're I I feel like I mean if it happened in a game we would have seen it in a game. These practices are wide open. I have no problem with anybody in the media posting something like that, especially knowing that he was okay. That now knowing that he was alert and seemingly nothing that's going to ruin his career, I have no problem with posting a, a video like that online. It shows the danger that that some of these guys actually face. Well, you know, you make a good point, and I think it just kind of gives you an indication of how the business has changed with regard to what's something you cover, what's something you don't cover. Uh, I remember when Vince Coleman had a tarp run up on him and how there were some players that were angry at the photographers for taking pictures of him being carried off the field. Uh, it's it's part of the business. Uh, I'm not sure if I always agree with it, but, you know, I get it. It is part of what we do, and, you know, we want to always be first, and I don't think we take into account the ramifications that sometimes come with it, but I think you make a good point about the fact that once they realized he was okay, it was probably a little bit more acceptable to watch. We, um, I wanted to touch quickly as we as we keep things moving along here. It's lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. I am at the uh, Munganass St. Louis Acura location. Claves is sitting out there at the uh, the Alton Toyota location so we're, we're giving you double duty here of the uh at the shows uh the colleges came out so last week as as we've touched a few times on on COVID-19 and the, the rising numbers throughout the country last week the Ivy League came out and they were they were first they were ahead of this they're the uh they're the they're the smart ones the Ivy League folks and they came out and and said that they were canceling all sports for 2021 so they they were moving, they were postponing everything, or I should say in 2020, they were postponing everything until 2021, while the Pac-10 and the Big Ten so far have each come out and said that their football season will be conference games only. So no no traveling, no playing the, uh, the Division I AA schools, no playing the big non-conference games to start the season. They will be playing conference games only in – what's a step to, I guess, hopefully have a college football season and try to limit as much exposure as possible. I I really, the way it's trending, it's hard to imagine that we're going to get a college football season, but just to see these steps being made in early July is, is a little eye opening to how these colleges are moving forward and how, how short of a time? I mean, we have what six, eight weeks away before before the start of those seasons would be, and and now we're getting schedule changes. Yeah, yeah but I I think you have to look at it a little, a little differently. One, you cut down your expenses dramatically because in a lot of cases your non conference game was a blood donor that you were paying to come take a beating. Two, with you playing conference games, that means you can move your schedule back a little bit more as far as games on the schedule, because seldom do you open up with a conference foe. And I think three, when you keep it where your travel is a little bit more local compared to going across the country or whatever. Now, 
the big challenge is you would lose the TV money from that big non-conference game. But then again, think about how many of these schools were getting getting those non-conference games like that. You know, you had the first weekend in August or that last weekend in August where you have a couple of big blockbuster games. So you don't really lose anything because somebody was paying you to play. Uh, but I, I really look at it more along the line. They don't have to pay these blood donors to come in. That's money that they're going to save and money they're going to need because they won't have the revenue as they once were accustomed to. So, but and also you move the schedule back a couple, three, maybe four weeks before you get into conference league play. Yeah, I and I, I guess it does open up. Maybe you do get a few more. You you can replace some of those games that you said with those with those conference games and I and the rules of the other conferences. You're you're just kind of working within that as far as testing goes, as far as some of these protocols will go. So it I, as much as I want to see college football happen this year, I, I still don't think we're going to get it. But we were seeing some moves taken. By the way, uh, from the comments section, the uh, the All Star Game in 1966 was on July 12th, so that would have been uh, yesterday. Okay, would have been that. I, I think I think we chose a better this day in Cardinal history with the Stan Musial home run instead of the uh, the 1966 All Star Game. Anytime you got Stan, you got a better choice. Trust me. It's I've I've noticed that as we've uh, we've gone along. Hey, sticking with football, probably the biggest story of the day today that na- nationwide is coming from the uh, fr- coming from the nation's capital as the Washington Redskins announced today they're uh, in a in a memo that they they released that they will be changing their team name. It's something that we wanted to get into last week and we didn't have the uh, the time to do so. But after all of these years, what eighty-seven years of being known as the Washington Redskins, we will get a uh, we'll get a new mascot, a new logo in our nation's capital, and that comes after FedEx and many other partners asked Daniel Snyder to change the team name, which he said back in two thousand five would never, ever, ever happen, and here in two thousand twenty. It's it's happening because multiple corporate sponsors said they were going to take money away from him if they didn't. Well, the, yeah. Hey, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, the only people who I hear complain about this, as far as the whole thing, why should they change the name? Are people who aren't native, people who it doesn't directly affect, and I think that's part of our problem in this country. We, as I've said to you countless times, we're not listening. Uh, I don't know how this hurts people who aren't Native Americans. I don't know how this takes money away or anything. And spare me with the whole tradition thing, because I've heard that about the Confederacy. So it's one of those situations that's long overdue. Uh, I mentioned earlier with Frank that uh, George Preston Marshall was one one of the greatest racists in the history of this country when it came to sports. Uh, if you don't think so, you can ask some of the players who played for him. And it's unfortunate Bobby Mitchell's no longer alive. He can tell you stories about George Preston Marshall and make your hair stand on end. So for them to change the name and move on, I think is a great idea. And again, if you're not a Native American, you probably think this, there's something wrong with this or what's the big deal. And that's where we have to start understanding how it works for people who don't look like the person who's complaining. Yeah, the uh, one of the reasons why we didn't get a, a new team name today, though, they they announced they were retiring the nickname of the of the Redskins, 
while putting it out on a memo with the name and logo of the Redskins. St- the, the last thing that they'll ever put out with with that with that logo on it, I bet. That, they want to retire everything. They got all that extra paper sitting around, Joe, with the logo on. They got to figure out what to do with it other than make paper airplanes with it. There, there is a uh, a gentleman in the D.C. area by the name of Martin McCauley. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've heard this story or not, Claves, but he is a realtor in the Alexandria area. And over the years, he has purchased the trademarks for such names as the Washington Red Wolves, yeah. the Washington Tribe, the yeah. Washington Red Tails, the Washington Monuments, the Washington Warhogs, the, the Washington Red-Tailed Hawks, so he has purchased all of these team names and trademarks to kind of take away any options for the Redskins, maybe in hopes of getting a payday from, from them. As we've, uh, as it looks like we've lost Mike Claiborne for the, uh, for the mix uh, right now. So as of, uh, so yeah, there, there are talk, there is talk of possibly not having a, uh, a team name yet. They've talked about, what they're uh, that they will have one soon, and they've talked about having Dan Snyder and the uh, the current head coach Ron Rivera be the uh, be the two that are discussing what possible team name they can go to as we welcome Claves back into the uh, back into the mix. So this realtor in D.C. has taken all of the options away of possible team names that they could have, unless the uh, unless Dan Snyder wants to pay him for one of these. So as of right now, we're not sure what that team name is going to be. They are going to stick with the colors, they said, but uh, not sure beyond that. They'll take some time uh, to get it figured out. Uh, they've got a little time to get it done. So I, it's not something I'm overly worried about. They'll come up with something. And yeah. the, uh, the best one I've seen, though, is somebody in California has trademarked the Washington Rad Skins. And so they won't be known as the uh, the Radskins either. So all yeah, all kinds right. of names have been uh, have been taken away for uh, for possible use with that. And then we end here, Claves, uh, before we wrap things up here on lunch with Claves and Joe. We're, the NBA slowly starting to get back. Russell Westbrook. It was announced about an hour ago. He tested positive for COVID nineteen. He's also asymptomatic, so he's quarantined for a while until he gets those negative tests. But the NBA um, was making headlines this weekend because Adrian Wojnarowski, the insider for ESPN, it was revealed that he replied to an email from Missouri Senator Josh Hawley with two words. And because of that, Josh Hawley went and tattled on him to Clay Travis at Outkick the Coverage, and ESPN has since suspended uh, Woj. For that, he's not able to be on Twitter for the next two weeks either, so we can't get any kind of uh, breaking news from him while he's suspended. Y- your thoughts on how that played out? Well, you know, I, I know Adrian, and I think he's a really good guy. Uh, he lets emotions get the most of him. Uh, and I can understand why, because this this was kind of a hit job because Josh Holly and the other guy, you know, they 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 obviously weren't big fans of the NBA. And I guess my question to Senator Holly would be, it's amazing how interested he is on what the NBA's reaction 
is to a foreign government and how they treat their people when he probably hasn't raised it one hand doing this whole civil unrest about what actually goes on in this country. I think before we start questioning the manners of some other country, we ought to take a look at our own backyard with regard to how things are done and how people are dealt with. And I found it was just something odd and he decided he wanted to start with the NBA when there are a ton of other things that even go on in his own district and on his own state rather that he could directly address. Uh, so to go after the NBA, I found, uh, well, what else can you say? Another political jab by somebody who wants to make a make, make five o'clock news for one reason or another. So while I'm sure Adrian would have chosen his words differently, I got the gist of his message. I think we all did. <laughs> I think uh, I think his message came across loud and clear to uh, to Senator Josh Hawley. So, uh, Claves, as we uh, as we get set to wrap things up here uh, from our from so our two Munganath dealerships, know if you can hear yeah, me, I can't hear you now. You can't hear me now. I, I saw that you were muted for a second, but now I, I you shouldn't. Hear you. you can't hear me at all. Well, then I'm just going to wrap things up then as we uh, as we go here. As I, I don't know what happened you. on your uh, your connection. You can hear me. I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. I can. I can't hear you. So see, this is the beauty of doing this stream on. So, uh, because I can't hear you, and I know you got some other things to talk about. I'm going to probably go online and just listen to you because I can't hear you. So that's that's fine uh, with me. I I'm going to take the folks over here, Munganas. That works, right. Claves. <laughs> as we as we lost Claves here, it's the beauty of doing this stream online and uh, trying to make things work from two different locations. I was getting ready to wrap things up anyway. A uh, a big week, as I said, of uh, um, this day in Cardinal history is that we have. We're also about ten days away from the start of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. A lot of roundtables coming up next week. A lot of video, live video that uh, that Claves and I are planning to do all of next week on the uh, on the website, here on Facebook, here on Twitter, wherever it is that you're watching us to give you the best preview that we can of all of the Cardinals opponents this year, which just come from the National League Central and the American League Central. So we plan on doing a roundtable that is only American League Central uh, coverage, and then we'll do one that's just National League coverage, and then we'll have one Cardinal-related as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of baseball coverage coming your way before the Cardinals start their season on July 24th. And then we are also about 10, 11 days away from the debut of uh, What's in the Cards with Joe and Polo, which will be a daily, a short daily podcast that myself and the Cardinals Spanish-speaking play-by-play voice Polo Asensio will be doing each and every day during Cardinal season. Every day they have a game, you'll be able to hear Polo and I give you the lineups and get you the thoughts on that each and every day. And then with all of sports starting, a few other things in the works as well here on ClavesOnline.com. 13720 Manchester Road in Collins or in Man, in uh, St. Louis is where you can find Munganass St. Louis Acura. Claves is over at the Alton, Illinois location. Alton Munganass, Alton Toyota, 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois is where uh, is where he was. Both great sponsors here of everything that we do on ClavesOnline.com. Also powered 
by Amron, Illinois. We will, uh, well, you'll hear from us a lot this week, all of the interviews and all of this day in Cardinal histories that we have planned for you. Just keep checking us out. Make sure to subscribe on the uh, whatever podcast uh, app that you use, whether it be Google, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, just search ClaibsOnline.com and you'll get those podcasts delivered to you each and every day right here on ClaibsOnline.com. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. We thank you for joining us today for another episode of Lunch with Claibs and Joe right here on ClaibsOnline.com.